Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Uh, God's really put a word on my heart um, this last year, and, and uh, my, my wife and I went uh, on a date night a while back, and it, w- it was movie night. And, you know, we, we've tried to keep up with these Marvel comic movie things. There's like 55 of them, um, so it's not easy to do, okay? We're a little bit busy. And so when one comes out, we try and go and, and, and watch it. And so we went and saw Spider-Man 2, Far From Home. Um, and, you know, we're, we're into this and, and all that kind of, we're trying to follow the details. But we made a major mistake, in seeing this movie, and it's the fact that we hadn't seen Endgame yet. Okay, so I can tell we have some Marvel people, all right? They're like, oh, he's one of those. Okay, and so the opening, I still have not seen Endgame. <laughs> not bad. Um, I'd be fam. Um, but uh, so, um, but I, as we're watching the opening credits of Spider-Man 2, like it's showing who passed away in, in you know, in the last movie. And, I, and, and so as we're watching this, Melissa and I, are, my wife, we're like, I think we're missing something here. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we're missing something. Have you ever been somewhere that you thought something's missing, Okay. I don't know what's missing, but I know something is, all right? I can't quite put my finger on it, but this is not right here. And that, that's kind of how, how we, we felt. But, but that's exactly where we're living today. We're missing something. And obviously that something is Jesus, but I want to take it a step further today because our culture is missing something major. We're missing core values, and and we've lost these core values. In fact, I made a list of things that we're missing, and I called it the Don't Be Terrible list. And I wrote down five things that we're missing. We're missing leadership, right? We, we have people in leadership positions that don't know how to lead in actuality. We're missing character, right? We're addicted to what we feel instead of doing what we said and what's expected of us. We're missing hard work. We would rather do less instead of more. We, we want to do just what's expected of us instead of go farther. We're, we're, we're not showing up. And let me take it a step further. We're not showing up consistently. And then we have no grit. We have no ability to hit something difficult and keep going. We quit. We quit very easy. I call that the don't be terrible list. In fact, I work with a lot of high school age and college students, and I have told them, I said, I got great news for you. It's not that tough to be good anymore. It's not. You just show up and work hard, and all of a sudden, you're like CEO, right? It's, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like two bosses talking and say, hey, man, they go to lunch, and they're like, I found this person. Oh, yeah? They show up every day. They're like, no way, where'd you get them from, right? Because we're missing something today. And what I want to talk about today, my title is Something's Missing. Something's Missing. And I actually want to pick something off that list and hit it today, and I want to talk about character. Something's missing today, and what's missing is character. And I'm not talking about, oh, yeah, well, that's not in the church. I'm talking about in the church today. 
We have people that say one thing and do another. In the church today, we lack character that God has called us to have. In fact, I was having lunch uh, with a friend of mine not too long ago. He played basketball for me. I like to check up on my alumni. And he was telling me he, he had this job where he climbed uh, cell phone towers. Okay? How fun is that? And he helped, he, he helped, you know, put new technology on the towers as it came out, which is about once a week. Um, but so he was constantly doing this. And he said, David, we got paid good money. He said, I'm talking about great money. And he gave me the figure. And I was like, uh-huh, that's good money. Are y'all hiring, you know? Um, and, and, and he said, and I, he said, people almost every day showed up high. They showed up high. And he said, not only that, my bosses who made beyond great money. And he said, they can't pass the P-test. He, he said, you can't believe it. And he said, so I'm climbing this tower, and I'm like, you ain't going up with me. <laughs> I don't need you up there, right? I mean, he's just explaining this to me, and as I go and talk to men's groups, it's the same thing. City after city, we lack the character to do what we're called to do. See, I was telling young people, you don't have to be good anymore. Just don't be bad. <laughs> you don't have to be talented anymore. Just don't, don't be bad. Don't be terrible. See, what is character? Character is moral excellence. It's firmness. It's dependable. It's reliable. Boy, doesn't that sound like Jesus? Right? It's doing what they said they would do. See, this is who I am, and you can count on me. I'm not going to change based on how I feel. See, this is a dad being there. This is a wife being there. This is an employee showing up. This is a student doing their assignments and not cheating. This, this is an athlete being there for a team. This is a political leader. Come on. This is a political leader doing what they said they would do and not having skeletons in the closet. Come on. This is a spiritual leader. <laughs> Doing what they said they would do. And I want to look this morning at a person of character in the Old Testament. So if you would turn to Genesis chapter 39, if you have your Bibles, and I know we're going to have the verse up on the screen, but I want to look at Joseph today. And we're going to pick up on Joseph's life. And, and, and Joseph was a man of character. He sold into slavery right? Not exactly the major in college that he picked. He didn't apply for this job, right? He was forced into this job. And what does he do? He works his backside off and he succeeds in everything he does and he's put in charge of the company. So we pick up in verse six. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with him, she demanded. The struggle is real. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He's held back nothing from me except you, uh, you, you as a wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? This would be a great sin against God. But she kept putting pressure on Joe day after day, but he refused to spend the night with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. And you can kind of put a little highlight there. We're going to come back to that one, okay, later on. One day, however, no one else was around when he went to do his work. She came, grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. She had it bad for him. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and fled, she called her servants and accused him and did all this kind of stuff. Verse 19, Potiphar was furious. 
when he heard his wife's story and how Joseph had treated her, so he took Joseph and threw him to prison. So here's the thing. Joseph was a person of character, and guess who saw it? God saw it. Joseph was a person of character, and God saw it. God saw that he was trustworthy. He could count on his character. He wasn't going to cross lines that he should not cross. He was not going to do things immorally that he should not do. God knew he can trust him. So what happened at the end of Joseph's life? He promoted him to VP of the entire world. Come on. He became, he became uh, Pharaoh's right-hand man. So as we look at this, we might ask, then why was he thrown into prison for doing the right thing? How could God let this happen? And here's what you got to know. Potiphar's wife was a test. Potiphar's wife was a test. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, it's a test. Look at somebody next to you and say, it's a test. I know Stephen's not exciting, so I tried to bring some excitement here today. He's got no energy. My man is bland. He's milky toast. So, you know, I try and bring some fun when I'm here. Y'all can tell him I said that. It's a test. It's recorded. All right. Make him watch it. See, Potiphar's wife was a test. See, our character is going to be tested. We got to know we're going to be tested. There are going to be tests. God is setting us up, but it, not setting us up like a setup, but he's trying to set us up for something, and we're going to have to be tested to know that we're ready for that something that he is setting us up for. See, are we passing the tests? Are we passing the money tests, right? Come on, someone gives us the wrong change back, right? Come on, the money tests. Are we passing the taxes test, right? Ooh, I hate that test. It comes every year. Uh, are we the cheating on a relationship test? Are we passing the taking it easy at work test? Are we passing the stealing tools that aren't mine from work test? Because I deserve them because I'm not being paid too much test. Are we not pushing through when it's tough? Are we showing up late or are we missing? See, this isn't what God had for Joseph, but it was a test to see if he could handle something bigger. See, come on, God wants to take us to something bigger, and he's looking for us to pass this thing with the small so that he can take us to the big, because God wants to use us. And I want, I want to point out four things that Joseph did to build character. It's missing today. Come on, every company, every relationship, every school, every ministry is looking for men and women of character. It's looking for young people that have character. They're going to say, I know everybody's doing this in the school, but not me. Man, I'm not judging y'all. I love y'all, but this is who I am. This is who God's called me to be. Come on, we're looking for people of character. That's what every boss is searching for. You know, forget talent. That's gone. We ain't even looking for that no more. Forget it. Who's got character, right? That's what we're looking at. We will promote character because I need someone when I turn my back. Isn't going to steal from me, rob from me. Man, I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about effort. I'm talking about quality. See, this is where we're at. Character has layers that are built on top of each other. And I want to go over these four layers here because something's missing in our world today. And obviously, side note, without Jesus, character is impossible, okay? So we don't even have to put that in the four, right? That, 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 that's like a, a given side note. Jesus, you know, without Jesus, we can't overcome the flesh. We don't have the power to do that. We can't do that on our own. It takes the power of Jesus, and we got to accept him. He's the why and the reason. So a little side note. So if somebody says, he didn't put that in the four. All right, a little disclaimer there, so now you can't say that. Uh, but, but let's look at four of these layers. Let's jump into this. The first layer of the foundation uh, is we have to figure out. There's four things we got to figure out. We got to figure out the inside. We got to figure out the inside. 
we got to figure out the inside. So here's Joseph, sold into slavery, traded. He was traded like a commodity, right? Not free to do what he wants to do. So what does he do? He kills it. That's his response. To work as hard as he can, no matter how he's treated, to do the right thing. He goes out and he kills it. He does an amazing job. He's the best worker. How did he do that? It's because he had character. It's because he figured out the inside. See, he fought the battle on the inside. See, character is internal change. It's not external change. See, Joseph didn't get lucky. He had internal character that no one else did. See, the default natural thing, our default natural response is, if I had a better situation, then I would be a better person. That's what we say. See, the reason I don't have this is because everything around me and everything around me, see, if everything around me was perfect, then I would change my character. See, I need to change my situation. Isn't that always our default thought? That's our natural thought. Change the situation. Bail out. Jump out the plane. You know, get, get out of here. See, when all we need is character, be reliable, do the right thing, work hard. See, the outside isn't what makes us right. It's the inside. We don't need our situation to change. We need our character to change. Joseph's, let's, let's think about this. Come on, tweetable here. Joseph's character changed his situation. His situation didn't change his character. And I got to read that twice for emphasis. See, Joseph's character changed his situation. His situation didn't change his character. How many times does our situation change our character? Right? I get in this school. I get in around these friends. I get at this job. I get around this circle. And this situation changed who I said I was, who I showed everybody I was, who, who, who you know, my significant other thinks that I am. I'm opposite of, of that because I got in this situation and I got around these people. See, sometimes that's what happened. Our situation changes our character and we lose our character because we're not happy. Come on, it's on the inside. The issue's on the inside. What's missing is on the inside. Joseph wasn't in a fight with the outside. He wasn't in a fight with the people that sold him into slavery. He had a fight with the inside. Come on, we don't need to be in a better relationship. We need to be a better relationship, right? See, I don't need to bail on my relationship. I need to be better in my relationship. I need to be a better friend. I need to be a better dad. I need to be a better wife. See, many times we don't need a new job. We need to be better on the job. See, Joseph didn't even have a choice to get a better job, right? He didn't even have the option to say, I'm leaving and going somewhere else, you know? He didn't even have that option. He, he was stuck there, and so he decided, I'm going to be better. See, what's missing is internal character. This is who I am, no matter how I feel on the inside, no matter what's happening on the outside. I don't need the outside to be right. I need the inside to be right. See, my family did this to me. I don't need to get mad. I need to fight the inside. See, I don't like my, 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 my relationship, or I don't like my life. I don't need to commit suicide. I need to fight that depression and that anxiety and that internal battle. I don't like the way God created me. I don't need to try and change the way he created me to be. I need to fight the inside. See, my thoughts, my feelings, my internal battle is suffocating me. Come on. We all have head games. We all have head games. And what happens is, is we start to think I'm the only one dealing I'm the only one dealing with this. I'm the only one feeling like this. I'm weird. I, I'm not. And here's the thing. Good news. We're all weird. Ain't, ain't nobody in here weird alone. We're all weird. 
We are all fighting internal battles, internal things that are trying to beat us up. We don't need to drown them in addiction. We need to fight the inside. In fact, I read a study the other day that junior high and high school students are experiencing depression on an increasing rate. 13% of 12 to 17-year-olds say they've been dealing with depression. In fact, it's higher in girls. One in five girls said they've been dealing with depression. Internal battles. Three in ten high school and junior high say they feel anxious every day. That's an internal battle. And that's tough every day to have that. we got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. we got to invite him into our hearts and say, God, help me. Heal me. Change me. I need you. I cannot do it without you. But we've become an I can't help it society. Really quick before we move on, the enemy has a two-part strategy, a two-point strategy in your life. I'm the only one and I can't help it. That's what the enemy tells every one of us. I'm the only one and I can't help it. Lie and lie, fake and fake. See, I'm the only one, and I can't help it. See, he wants to isolate us and tell you're the only one with those head games. You're the only one with that depression. You're the only one that can't move on. You're the only one that's stuck. You're the only one. You're the only one. And so what happens is the enemy beats us down. See, you're not the only one dealing with addiction. You're not the only one dealing with suicidal thoughts. You're not the only one dealing with emotional struggle and depression. Come on, you're not the only one, and God is there for us. I want to throw a verse up there. My favorite verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Man, this is your weapon right here. It says the temptations in your life are no different than what others experience. Come on, you're not different. You're not weird. You're not the only one. And it says, God is faithful. He will not allow your temptation to be more than you can stand when you're tempted. He will show you a way out. He will help you through it. He will help you with it. Come on, God always provides a way out. God always provides a way out. We just don't always take it. Number two, the second layer. These other ones we won't spend as much time on. But the second layer is we got to figure out what we're building. See, the first thing is we got to figure out the inside. And the reason I spent so much time on that is that's a big one. The inside, the internal battles, the internal struggles, it's big. But then number two, we got to move on. The second layer that that is built on. See, internal character produces vision. See, what we're building, we got to figure it out. Joseph had vision. He knew he was building something. And what's interesting is Joseph had a dream, but he didn't exactly know what it was. Joseph knew God had put something in his heart, but he didn't know exactly specifically what it is. And come on, I'm praying that that there's some people in here that God has put things in your heart. And and, and if you don't feel like he has, he wants to. He's looking to speak to you. But God had put something in Joseph's heart, and Joseph didn't know what it is, but he knew it was something. And because he was building something, he had to change the way that he lived. See, God spoke to me, so it matters what I do. See, it matters that I work hard. It matters what, what, what I go and do on the weekend. It matters what I do when no one is looking. Why? Because I'm building something. And see, we got to figure out that we're building something. That's why we got to have character. See, why does character matter? Because if I don't have it, it destroys the building that I'm building. And I'm building something here in this relationship, and my relationship's going to be destroyed if I lose character. We've got to ask ourselves, what am I building? Where am I going? Where is this going to take me if I do this? 
What's the goal here? See, does this fit into my vision of having a relationship with Jesus? If I go and do this, if I go with these people, if I go there, is this, is this fitting into? Is this going to take me where God is taking me? See, can I be the husband to my wife, Melissa, of 18 years by going there with her, by going there with them? Can I still be that guy? Does that fit into my goal? See, i got to figure out what I'm building here, and if I'm building something, then I can't go there with them. I'd love to. I feel like it. That would be fun, but that's beside the point. I'm building something, and not me. God's building it in me, and I want to help him lay this brick after brick. See, being a friend to those people, can I do that? See, that cohort, being a spiritual leader here at the house, come on, being a spiritual leader here at the house, can I go and do that on the weekend? Or is that going to hurt the character that God is building in me? Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision. And you show me an area where we have death, I'll show you an area where there's no vision for that area. If there's death in a relationship, if there's death at school, if there's death in a friendship, if there's death, you show me death and I'll show you we stopped building. We stopped our vision. We don't have a vision. See, we're building something. It matters what we do what's missing we stop building number three number three the third layer of the foundation is we got to figure out the strategy we got to figure out the strategy so internal character produces vision what we're building and then what we're building should produce a strategy in our lives we should live strategically verse 10 if we move, move back to what we said in verse 10 it says that she kept putting pressure on joseph day after day but what did he do what did he do he kept out, well, he refused. Yes, he did. But he also kept out of her way as much as possible. What did that show? Strategy, right? I'm not hanging around her. I kind of know what she's thinking, right? Because she told me, you know? And, and so I'm going to stay out of her, his way or her way or their way or what? I'm going to stay out of the way of it. You know, wh- wh- the last time I was around them, I got high, so I'm going to avoid going around them. And see, we got to be able to understand the difference between friendship and ministry. I can minister to everybody, but I can't be friends with everybody. Okay, I'm not better than, but, but my inner circle has got to be on my page. And, and so I can love and minister to everybody, but that ain't love and ministry when I'm getting high with them on Friday night. You know, that ain't love and ministry. That's friendship, okay? And they can't be in the friend zone. They're going to have to be moved out of the friend zone. Okay, yeah. Come on. We can minister to everybody. We don't have to be this isolated church but we also can't, can't allow our friends to take our character out. we got to have a little strategy. we got to have a little strategy. Man, he can come with us when there's five others of us right here. So he's joining our group. I'm not joining their group, if that makes sense. So, man, he can come on Friday night with us, but I'm with five strong so that I'm going to have a little strategy to how this is going to work out. I'm not going to be in a room by myself with a cell phone if a, if a room by myself with a cell phone ain't good for me. See, we got to have a little strategy about our lives. See, I can't help it, and that is the truth when we get in the wrong place, (laughs) right? Because you can get in the wrong place where your flesh can't help it. I get that. So let's help our flesh knowing that it can't help it and not get in that room where our flesh can't help it. we got to have a little strategy here. We've got to have some, some strategy. For me personally, man, I love it. You know, I was just in the conference room, in the green room, and I love that it has a window there. Why does it have a window? So everybody can see in there, right? 
I know that's why pastor has a window right there. See, for me, I'm never going to meet with somebody that is a lady, right, by myself. In fact, I have ladies on my staff that they know they will be with me when I'm meeting with another lady. Usually I'll have two. If somebody wants to counsel with me, I'll say, awesome, just so you know, so-and-so and so-and-so will be there. If you don't like one of them, let me know because I'll replace them with someone else. But there will be three people in that room. And what happens is my question is my character is never questioned. No one would try. Why? Because there was an army in the room, right? (laughs) 25 people discredited that story, okay? They were there. You know what I'm saying? But in our day and time, if I'm building something, come on. If God is going to use me, the enemy wants to take us out. And so in our day and time, we got to know we're going to be accused. So let's not put ourselves in a place to be accused. I work with young kids, so I'm not going to be one-on-one with a young kid. That's silly, Okay, that's really dumb. Okay, so I'm gonna have people with me all the time. See, we gotta live life on purpose for a purpose. We gotta have some strategy. I can't spend this money right now. Why? I got some strategy. That money is for something else. And so I don't have any money for the bills. Well, we lost our strategy a month ago when we went to wherever we went. You know what I'm saying? Walmart or something. Uh, uh, You know, Galatians 6 9. Let's not get tired of what is good, and at the right time, we'll reap a harvest. Man, right when God is about to reap something, that we, we, we stop being strategic. And the last one is this, number four, is we got to figure out how to build trust. We got to build trust. People of character can be trusted. They don't do anything to break trust. Internal, fight it. It produces vision. Vision produces strategy, right? I'm building something, so I got to have some strategy, and then I got to build trust. People got to be able to trust us. My boss, my, my relationship, my friends, my kids. Man, people got to be able to trust us. Come on, is something missing today? Something's missing, and it's character. It's character. We got to be able to trust, man. We don't need to be able to put, have to put five deadbolts on our house door. You know, we, don't, we shouldn't have to put our vehicles in the garage because people are going to come in and steal them all the time. Man, if we had a society of character, we'd be laying off police left and right, right? You know, we don't need no police. Man, we don't need you guys, you know. But it's character. We're missing character. Joseph built trust through different tests. He proved that God could trust him. And we got to build trust. The only problem is we break more than we build. We break trust more than we build trust. We got to build trust. Can we be trusted? See, are we high or are we too tired from the night before? And so our boss can't trust us? Come on, one of the biggest, one of the biggest killers of trust is this right here. We're supposed to be working and we're on Insta. We're supposed to be working and we're on Facebook. We're supposed to be working. But I can't tell you how many places that I go and you go to and employees are on their phones. That's not character. They didn't hire us to be on our phones. They didn't hire us to do that. But see, these, these break trust, they do not build trust. If the boss was there, would I be doing that? We need to ask ourselves that. If the boss was there, see, let me ask you this. Did Jesus break trust or did he build trust? He built it, and we're called to be like him. He was reliable. He did what he said he would do. His word. See, when Jesus, his word means something, doesn't it? His word has power. See, when we're building trust, our word means something. Our handshake means something. When we say we're going to be there at three, we're going to be there at three, not two weeks later at five, okay? Right? Come on. Yeah, I'll meet you on the job at 10 a.m. I'm the kind of guy, I'm there 10 minutes early. 10 a.m. comes and goes. I don't even get a phone call. 
At least, uh, hey, yeah, I'm not planning on being there for four more days, even though I told you today at 10. What? Come on. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Where are we at? we got to build trust. We can't say, follow me as I look nothing like Jesus. we got to say, follow me as I look like Christ. Matthew 5, 14 says, you're the light of the world, a city on a hill. Come on, if the house is the light, what are they seeing from the house? We're the light of the world. If God's people are the light of the world, what are they seeing? Are we seeing people that build trust? Because we can't be the light of the world if we're breaking trust. We cannot be the light of the world if we're breaking trust. I want to encourage you, don't do anything to break trust. Build it. And I want to minister this before we jump into this. But forgiveness is immediate, but trust is built over time. I hear people say, well, do you not forgive me? I do. I just don't trust you. I, I, I forgave you at, right after you did it. I forgive you and I love you, but I don't trust you. And see, in the church, we have lost the understanding of the difference between the two. And so we say, well, you just don't love me. Oh, wrong. No, I love you. You just don't forgive me. Wrong. I forgive you, but I don't trust you. And trust is built over time. It takes a moment to lose it, and it takes a long time to build it. And so I want to encourage you. Right now, God probably has an opportunity in your path. Don't break it. Build it. God has an opportunity in your past. I just can't believe they don't trust me. Why not? You broke it. I want to encourage you. Now, God wants to heal you. God's not done with you. Listen, this is not a discouraging moment. But we got to understand at least how it works, though. And we got to understand how it works, and that's why it's so important. Hey, if you've broken trust, listen, don't be discouraged this morning. Build it back. Don't be discouraged. It may take some time. Don't get frustrated with other people. You were the one that broke it. See, now we want to blame everybody else when we were the one that made the decision. But I want to encourage you. God wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. And he forgives you right away. But it's going to take a little bit of time to build it back. Let's bring this all together here today. As we bring this all together, something's missing. And character is a major thing that we are missing. Galatians 6, 9 don't get tired of doing what is good at the right time. Don't get tired. See, our flesh gets tired, doesn't it? Our flesh wants to quit. For me, I've seen in 20 years of ministry, Stephen, Katie, and I, we have all seen people right when it was about to happen for them. Right when that harvest was coming, they grew weary of well-doing. Right when that harvest was coming, they got bored, or they said, I deserve something different, or I don't feel it anymore. Come on, right when the harvest is coming, they didn't pass the test. They didn't pass the test. In a team setting, I've seen players work hard, pay their dues, sit the bench, and right when it, there was their moment to start, they quit. Why well, is your moment? In relationships, I've seen people go through difficult time. You know, you know what a difficult time is called? It's called kids, and I've got two of them. My wife and I have gone through a difficult time ever since 2005. And those difficult times, we're trying to graduate them. And what's crazy is I see relationships go through the kids' stage and right when it's about to get awesome again. What was awesome? It was when we first got together, okay? 
And then one of us had this idea. It was called kids. Just kidding. Y'all are awesome. Stephen and Katie do not feel that way. It's just me. Uh, uh, and, and then they quit on each other right when God is about to take them into a new moment. I want to end talking about a coaching friend of mine. And, and uh, just I've coached with him for a long time now. And, and anytime we get to the end of a ball game, and if we're losing big or if we're winning big, you, you know how it is. The scoreboard a lot of times dictates how hard we work. And, you know, naturally our, our students maybe start to get lazy. And, and this guy's loud. This coach is loud. He's got one of those gifts. And he yells. You'll hear him yell every time without fail. Don't quit. He's got this loud voice. Don't quit. His head gets red like a tomato. Don't quit. And, you know, I thought of that when I thought of character in Galatians 6, 9. I thought God is on the sidelines of our lives. And he's looking down at us today. And he's begging us and he's crying out and he's coaching us and he's saying, don't quit. You may be discouraged in your relationship. It may be a valley moment in your relationship. Don't quit. You may be frustrated at your job. You may be frustrated with your kids. Hey, if your kids turn the tables, you may be frustrated with your parents. But here's what I want to encourage you. Don't quit. God is on our sidelines. We're missing something today, and that's people of character that, that won't quit when it gets tough, that won't give in, that won't get high, that, that won't drown that depression in addiction, but drown it in the power of the Holy Spirit and allow the power of God that's unexplainable, but it's attainable to, to minister and heal our hearts and our depression. Don't let suicide, come on. Suicide's becoming an epidemic today in adults, especially in adult men. Come on, men, don't quit. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.